You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 11 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the excellent Toolstation Western League bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. All the better when you call my work excellent. But yeah, I'm happy, happy about things at the moment. How are you? Excellent. Yes, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad at all. I um, I had a I had a football free weekend. Um, although as always, enjoyed sort of keeping up to date with things on social media uh, mm. and plenty to discuss uh, on this week's episode of the podcast. As um, you know, as there has been, it's been a real sort of action-packed season, isn't it? So uh, mm. you know, we we and I think actually for me personally, I don't know about you. I mean, obviously, perhaps for you, what's most pleasing is that you're actually on the podcast as opposed to um, not being able to write the bulletin because we've had play suspended. But when we think back over recent seasons, there have been teams that have run away with the Premier Division in particular. And actually, that doesn't feel like that's happening. You know, it feels like it's a much more competitive division than it's been for a while. And we are seeing sides beating each other, perhaps with more regularity than we have seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, just I think always when I sort of yeah put the bulletin together and look at the league tables, it's obviously an, if there's less movement, you kind of notice it. So just sort of update the numbers. But this it seems like this day and age there's, there's movement all the time with the teams, and you sort of teams are jumping up positions. I know there's games in hand and things like that, but there's a lot of yeah. I don't think you've got as you've said, there's not a sort of clear cut top five or something winning every week and pulling away. It's very well, it's very tight. And likewise in the first division, take out Welton. And it's pretty much everyone's having a little go in the uh, the top few spots. So I think, yeah, it's fascinating um, seeing how it's going to pan out, I think. Excellent. Well, of course, if there are any Welton Rovers fans listening, don't worry, we <laughs> won't be taking out Welton because um, we will be covering their first division game later in the podcast. Our interviews are with Paul Frode, the manager of Buckland Athletic, and um, Eamon Daly, the manager of Portishead Town in the first division. So they will be off um, feature interviews uh, this week. We will kick things off. Uh, on Saturday, the 9th of October, with an absolutely blockbuster tie between two powerhouses of Premier Division football. This game was seen by an attendance of over 400. Mm. They had eight goals to look forward to, and certainly if they were home fans, and to be fair, I think the visitors would have come one hell of a, one hell of a distance for this one, Tom. Um, they would certainly have gone home happy. They would have uh, Bridgewater, yeah, really, really um, finding their straps. I think seven goals last week, and the six uh, they followed that with uh, on Saturday, a six-two win at home to to Mousel, as you say, in front of that mammoth crowd, really. Um, but yeah, they they're really, um, yeah, they're firing at the moment, aren't they? Jack Taylor in particular, uh, he got a first half brace for the for the home side, and there was also a goal from uh, Tom Llewellyn. He headed home. Uh, I think, yeah, so that made it 3-0 at the interval. Uh, there was a Mike Duffy volley after 59 minutes to make it 4-0, pretty much putting the result beyond doubt, I think, beyond at that point. Uh, and there a couple of goals from from, from the visitors, uh, Callum McConey and Steve Burke, getting them slightly back into the game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was substitute Nick Woodrow and then Adnan Hiroli uh, scored late on for, for Bridgewater and, uh, yeah, helped them uh, run out 6-2 victors, as you say, a huge, huge crowd and, uh, yeah, massive result for Bridgewater. Yeah, they're, well, I mean, their results have been, you know, obviously very good. Um, but, I mean, that attendance is something else, isn't it? I don't know what their marketing men are drinking, but I'll have one, I think, is, the, uh, is, is all I can say there. The next game that we're going to cover 
we're not going to give it the full treatment, Tom, um, because um, speaking as a as a supporter of a side who's been at the wrong end of a double-figure scoreline this season, I've got absolutely no interest in mm-hmm. keeping more angst on the on the shoulders of the of the of the poor old Brislington faithful. Um, but I think that um, Exmouth's goal-scoring exploits at the weekend, they won 11-0, let's get it out of the way, mm-hmm. um, uh, do deserve an honourable mention. And so, I mean, who were the who were the big scorers? But we're going to be doing the goal-scorers later. But, you know, mm-hmm. you know, to hit the back of the net at any level, you know, is always a, you know, it's the, it's the object of the exercise, isn't it? So let's cool. give them the credit they deserve, Tom. Hmm. Yeah, so I think the standout was probably Aaron. He was the uh, the hat trick hero on the afternoon. Aaron Denny, uh, he scored uh, three times for Exmouth, and uh, as you say, to get all these goals away from home, really impressive. I think uh, there was others, uh, Jordan Harris and Ben Steer. They they generally get on the score sheet for Exmouth every now and then, and uh, yeah, they were at it again. And then second half, Sabi Slater also getting in on the app. But uh, yeah, big big win for the away side in that one. So moving on to Buckland Athletic, they were taking on Millbrook. Um, a slightly closer scoreline, I think it would be fair to say in this one, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, a three-one win uh, this one for Buckland, and uh, up into te- second spot, they're doing uh, yeah, doing really well at the moment, aren't they? Uh, it's a repeat of the result between the sides four weeks ago, actually. So obviously Buckland, uh, yeah, and the and the bragging rights over Millbrook this season, and uh, they had to come from behind to do so. Uh, Ricky Shepherd. Uh, firing Millbrook ahead after just eight minutes, so they made a really good start away from home. Uh, but uh, yeah, second half belonged uh, exclusively to Buckland. Uh, five minutes uh, after the break, it was Josh Weber. Uh, he broke through and, and slotted home to, to level the level the scores. Uh, Tom Payne was then sent off for the visitors, and that pretty much derailed them. It, it seems. Uh, yeah, uh, Buckland definitely pushed on after that. Uh, Richard Groves slotting home the result of penalty. So obviously, yeah, that was a, a huge moment in the match, I think you could say. Uh, and then Ryan Bush uh, finished off a. The counter-attack pretty late on to, to wrap up a, a big home win for, for Buckland. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast, Paul Froud, the manager of Buckland Athletic. Paul, thank you very much um, for joining us uh, today. You're, you're second in the table. You must be very pleased with the way that your team has started this season. Yeah, we've had, we've had a really positive start. Obviously, we're, um, we're sat in second place at the moment. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we're where we hoped we would be around the start of the season. So, yeah, no, no, we're, we're, we're pretty pleased with how we started. And you've had another good win at the weekend, 3-1 against Millbrook. Um, were you pleased with the performance? Yeah, so it was a bit of a game of two halves. Um, it was a similar story down there, to be honest. We played them a month ago and, uh, you know, it was a challenge. Um, we weren't very good first half. Second half, we came out a lot better. Sending off obviously helped us. But I think we deserved winners uh, at the end of the day. But yeah, no, it wasn't without his challenges and like most games this season, um, you know, we're having to work really hard to, to, to pick up results, but um really pleased with the boys. It's a challenge week after week, but um, the boys are rising up to, to that challenge at the moment. I mean, has it been more of a challenge for you, you think, because the games have been coming thick and fast? I mean, obviously the fixture secretary has tried to make the best of the, of the good weather, and I think we'll appreciate that come sort of December, January time. But, I mean, it does mean that there's a lot of pressure on, these, on the matches that you've played so far. Uh, it does, but I think everyone's in the same boat, um, pretty much. Everyone's played a similar number of games. I seem to think this time last season we played three or four more than most most others, but it's been the same for everyone. No, I, I don't see don't see it as a major problem. Um, you know, one of the hardest things is 
I'm sure it's the same for everyone else, but we're constantly kind of missing three or four from the squad week in, week out for, for numerous reasons. Um, so we're making good use of the 18 that we've got. And those 18 are all more than capable of starting games and have all contributed to, uh, to, to the start we've had, to be honest. Now, you've had three wins on the bounce, but that's not to say that you've had things your own way all of this season. There was back-to-back defeats against Shepton and Bridgewater. Um, was that frustrating for you, or is that a sign of the quality that we have now in the league? It was frustrating because, uh, again, the Saltash game, the two weeks prior to that, you know, we've lost those three games by the odd goal, and kind of mitigating circumstances in all of those games, to be honest, which, you know, we've picked up, we haven't picked up any points from those three games, but in hindsight, when you look back, we could have easily picked up five or six. So it, it was frustrating, but yeah, we were respectful and we know that this, this season, we, 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 along with everyone else, are going to drop points, we're going to lose games, we're going to draw games, um, and that's been the case throughout the whole league, to be fair. I think everyone's finding the same. I'm, I'm pretty sure whoever wins the league will lose a number of games um, before, the, before now and the end of the season. So yeah, it's tough. It's tough every week and every week's a challenge, as I say. So what are your ambitions for Buckland this season? Uh, we'd like to stay in the mix um, come March, April time, really. We're kind of taking a bit of a cliche, but we don't get too far ahead of ourselves and uh, we just kind of just take it week on week. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the aim is to be kind of where we are now in amongst it March, April time when, when competitions are won and decided. Um, we, we think we've got a good enough group to challenge. So yeah, the aim is to is to be in a, in the mix uh, come the end of the season. And of the sides that you've come up against so far this season, which ones have impressed you the most? Um, Shepton are very good. Um, uh, we played. The, we, we have got a well-earned draw up at their place, um, and then the, the, the game at ours. I'd like to say, I, 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 you know, we. we can't argue with the result at the end of the day. It's one little defeat. It could have gone either way, but they look very, very solid at the back. I know Tavistock hit a few past them at the weekend, but um, they, they look a, a good, solid unit, um, good management team. Bridgewater, when they came to us, um, we were a bit disappointed. We felt we let them off the hook a little bit, missed some chances first half, um, which, which you know, we need to be. We need to be clinical in front of goal. Um, we kind of let them off the hook and give them something to hang on to. But they, they, they impressed me second half and their results look like they're, they're heading in the right direction again. Um, so probably those two are stand out, to be fair. Although, like I said, even teams kind of nearer the bottom, the middle and the bottom of the table are, are, are causing teams problems. Millbrook were a good side, even though they're third bottom um, street. We had to work hard to earn, earn a win there. So there's a lot of good teams, a lot of good teams. Do you think that the time Buckland have spent in the Western League gives you an advantage over some of the new sides that have joined the league this season? No, no, not necessarily. I think some of the Cornish teams have kind of taken to the league like a duck to water, to be honest, which I think we all expected, um, given the resources and the ability of the, the squads of those teams I mentioned. I don't necessarily think that time in the league plays much part in it um, again I think they're probably approaching games going to new grounds and it's basically full of enthusiasm um, so no I, I don't think the time we spent in the league uh, says too much although you know we, we have gained a little bit more knowledge about the teams we're playing and the places we're going um, so maybe in one respect it has but like I said I think those Cornish teams have 
have got the bit between their teeth and and, uh, and are going about everything the right way. Now, you've not got a game now until your Vars match with Camelford on the 23rd of this month. Um, is that rest period a good thing for you, or are you worried about your players getting a bit rusty over the next couple of weeks? I'll probably sooner have a, I'd sooner have a league game next Saturday, to be honest. I'm, thinking, I'm wondering whether we might try and do something this weekend. Um, yeah, I'd sooner have a league game. Um, that, that weekend we have off does concern me a little bit. Um, so we'll have a little look internally and see if we think it's a wise decision to to do anything, or, or maybe we um, we give a few lads a run out in the reserves. Um, but yeah, I'd like the people to stay active. We'll train. We'll definitely train three or four times in, in that two week period. But yeah, we'd probably prefer a game to be honest. I mean, obviously, we've been talking about how well you've been doing in the Western League, but you know, you are a club with pedigree in the Vars, so a run in that competition must be an exciting prospect for you and the club. Yeah, I mean, I think it gives everyone a boost. You know, I'm sure the chairman uh, enjoys it when we when we progress through three or four rounds, um, and it's a nice distraction from the league, to be honest. I think this season the league's quite intense because, like I say, you know, you need to be at it every single week and sometimes the Vars or the Les Phillips or another competition gives a nice sort of gives yourself a nice little breather but um, yeah like you say historically I think we've reached the quarter final four or five years ago um, we reached the fifth round a couple of years ago so um, yeah we'll be looking to go as far as we can again well, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on your progress in that competition, Paul. And I look forward to catching up with you in the second half of the season to see if your impressive run of form can continue. Now, moving on to our next match, and Ilfracombe Town. Of course, we heard from their manager, um, Clem Benelic, on last week's podcast. And poor old Clem has suffered the fate of the podcast. I apologise for that, um, because uh, his side were in action at home against Shepton Mallet. And it was the visitors who went away happy on this one, Tom. Yeah, and uh, they well, I'm not going to say they need it completely, but uh, yeah, a couple of couple of results that haven't gone their way recently, so a good bounce back from Mallet uh, in this one. Um, it was a defensive blunder, unfortunately, for the host that uh, that put the put Shepton ahead. Uh, Leon Leg stealing in uh, to nudge them ahead, uh, nudge them in front, sorry. Uh, and then it was uh, Finn Haynes heading home pretty pretty soon after uh, to make it two 0 so giving them a, a strong foothold in the game. Uh, Jack Fillingham uh, then scored a third for, for Shepton before Ollie Stevens pulled a goal back ten minutes into the second half, so setting up a you know uh, a chance for Ilfracombe to to fight back, uh, but it wasn't to be. And uh, yeah, Shepton uh, adding a fourth in the closing stages through Tyrone Tucker Dixon, and uh, yeah, pretty big win uh, up into up into fifth, I think, following that result. So uh, a good afternoon for, for Shepton Mallet. Now, arguably, our next match is the is the game of the day in many respects, mm. a seven goal thriller between Saltash United and Bitten, two of the the powerhouses of the Premier Division. This was the game, my game to watch um, last week because uh, I knew it was two key, you know, two teams that really have very high expectations, two managers who have very high expectations. And this one really didn't disappoint, did it, Tom? Absolutely not. No, this was, uh, yeah, topsy-turvy affair. And as you say, a bit of a, a, bit of a thriller. Uh, Jack Ball heading uh, uh, Bitten into, into an 11th-minute lead uh, before uh, the Ashes hit back. And uh, goals from Callum Martindale and then Sam Farrant putting them 2-1 up uh, after about half an hour. So it's a pretty pretty good start to this game. Uh, Ball then found himself free to, to head home another one uh, to level affairs uh, before Jordan Whitaker then struck in that first half stoppage time uh, to put my head at the brakes. So Bitten leading by three goals to two at the interval. So, uh, yeah, pretty entertaining first half, as you can tell. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, the Ashes who came out strongly uh, after the break. Uh, 62nd minute, they got back on level terms through Tom Harris. 
Uh, and then it was Dave Barker uh, who scored the crucial goal. Uh, and that was a, a cross which somehow ended up nesting in the back of the net. So, uh, yeah, good afternoon uh, for those in attendance at that one. That was a really good game, but it was Saltash who ran out 4-3 winners. They certainly did. And um, if you get the chance to go on um, onto social media, if you follow Saltash United, um, they've put the highlights package from that mm. game on YouTube. I've had a look at it, um, and it is, you know, it's, it's really entertaining. It's not particularly long. Um, so it won't take you long to sort of get um, get up to speed. But, you know, I'd, I'd recommend it because it was a really, really interesting game between two sides that, you know, really do have a lot of um, pedigree in uh, in our Premier Division. And before we move into the, the, the First Division, I'd also like to give an honourable mention to um, the Helston-Tavistock game, um, not least because, again, another very big crowd, 272 there, it was nil all. So very little for us to comment on in terms of goal scorers, um, but actually a huge amount to comment on comment on in terms of action and again you can see the highlights on uh, on social media obviously if you follow uh helston um that's that's one way to do it but um certainly mark huckle at pyron films is the uh, is the man to visit another another excellent highlights package that gives you a real feel for the drama of that game because there there was plenty there and it, you know it, it's great that we get not only um to talk about the fantastic um and bulletin, obviously, that, that summarises everything that goes on in the Western League over the weekend, but but also the social media that, that feeds a lot of that. And now we're increasingly seeing these YouTube compilation videos as well, which I'm a, you know, I'm a massive um, fan for. I really love watching my Western League football, and that's one way to catch up with teams across both divisions. So all power to you there. Keep that excellent work up. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want to help enhance a save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Right then, we will move into the first division and our first feature game is a five-goal thriller between Bishops Lydiard and Bristol Telephones. Absolutely, yeah, this was a really entertaining game. Um, probably, yeah, one of the pick of the, pick of the games uh, from the weekend entirely and it was Lydiard who did did run out on the, yeah, big winners. Um, a, a good result for them, wasn't it? It was a pretty quiet first half uh, before... It uh, really came to came to life just at the end of the, the yeah just before the break. Paolo Borges scoring twice uh, in real quick succession to to put his side two goals to the good, uh, but it was uh, the the wayside who hit back. Uh, managed to to pull a goal back pretty early in the second half, uh, and then levelled ten minutes from time. So it looked like they were probably going to uh, go home with a point, uh, but it was Borges again, uh, completing his hat trick in the 88th minute, uh, and it was Lydia who ran out three two winners. So good good result for 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 the Lids. Very good result there. Now, I wasn't able to get to Nursted Road at the weekend. I was on family duty down in the uh, the beautiful seafront city of Portsmouth. Um, but um, Tom wants to take me to hmm. Devizes Town, where the visitors were Titherington Rocks. What did I miss, Tom? <laughs> you missed six goals, and uh, yeah, a couple of them came at the right end. Uh, Probably a few. There's a few fewer than I've missed in some of the games <laughs> I've watched this season. <laughs> So Stuart Windsor and uh, Caleb Hollow, uh, he came off the bench uh, and they both, both, both uh, netted for, for devices. But it was the Rocks who were, yeah, ran out 4-2 victors. Uh, Lawrence Lefeuve, uh, he managed to get on the score sheet and that's a new name for me. Uh, but the, the star of the show was uh, Bailey Croom. Uh, he bagged a hat-trick. So, uh, yeah, quite a few hat-tricks in the first division on the, on the weekend and he was one of those. Uh, and a, a good win for, for the Rocks uh, away at devices. 
and a good crowd as well for that game, 102. And hopefully, um, uh, if Devizes can keep that sort of attendance up, hopefully there'll be um, something to cheer about sooner rather than later. Anyway, um, we'll move on to Lebec, where the visitors were win Canton Town, but they certainly weren't at the races, Tom. No, absolutely. And it was uh, another hat-trick hero who uh, spoiled their party on the weekend. Uh, Cameron Brown was the, uh, the, the third player uh, that we're going to mention this, uh, this, well, today that uh, got a hat-trick on the weekend. Uh, yeah, helping the back for another another team to score four in total. They got a 4-1 win. Uh, Dan Quirk uh, did get a late consolation for, for Wincanton, but it was a yeah, strong showing from the home side, this one. Uh, there was also a goal uh, on debut for Jenison Williams. So uh, a strong... Strong performance from the back and a 4-1 win for them over Wincanton. Got a lot of time for Cameron Brown. I um, he was at, he was at Radstock quite mm. some time ago, and I can remember when I lived in Melksham. Um, I, I was a it was a Boxing Day game, I think. I might be wrong because <laughs> Melksham Radstock doesn't really strike me as a Boxing Day fixture, but I'm pretty sure it was festival. It was a festive fixture because I, I, I can I can remember feeling slightly the worse for wear. Um, anyway. Um, it was, a, it was a game between Melksham and Radstock, and I can remember it for one reason, one reason only. Two players ran the show. On the, tw- you know, the 22 men that were out there, two players ran the show. Dave Macy for Melksham, fantastic player, and Cameron Brown for Radstock. He was absolutely fantastic that day, so I've, I've always um, kept an eye on him uh, ever since. I believe at one point in his career he did turn up at Aldershot, although he didn't stay there for very long. But never mind. Anyway, we'll move on to Portis Head, a seven-goal thriller against Oldland Abertonians, high-flying Oldland Abertonians, mm. I should add. Yeah, a bit of a surprising result if we're looking at league tables and whatnot. So uh, Portis Head, yeah, running out four free victors. Um, they didn't didn't start too well. Uh, Mitchell Dan scoring after just four minutes, uh, but they did soon hit the front. Uh, Callum Townsend and Elliot Ripley. Uh, putting them two one to the to the good. Uh, Rob Latham, then he he's having a good season, isn't he? Uh, he got another one uh, to make it three one to the hosts uh, before Oldham pulled a goal back uh, in the early stages of the second half from Aaron Mansfield. Uh, it was Latham again, uh, restoring Portishead to goal advantage, so giving himself uh, yeah double on the day, and uh, yeah that managed to be you know, proved to be just enough uh, for them to to hold out. Uh, Mansfield scoring again in closing stages for Oldham, but it was uh, yeah a good good three points uh, earned from Portishead on the weekend. So then that seven-goal thriller at Portishead against a side, as we said, riding high in second place in the uh, in the first division. So I started my conversation with Eamon Daly, reflecting on what was obviously a fantastic result for the club. Yeah, uh, great to be talking to you again, Ian. Yeah, absolutely fantastic result the weekend, and it's been a culmination of um, it's been a culmination of a hard work over the last few weeks to try and get ourselves back on track. And um, finally, I think things are going in the right direction. Um, Oldland were what we expected. Uh, very strong side. Um, very good going forward. they got some really dangerous players. But we did notice that they do concede. And to be honest, it's, it, it, it doesn't go down as an ideal game plan, but it was a case of if, if we get chances, we need to take them. Um, and luckily for us on Saturday, that's what we did, and and it was a great game. It must have been a great game to for for the neutral to watch. Not a great game for my uh, for my heart rate, but um, <laughs> it certainly was. It certainly was a, a good to come away with three points. That that sounds like the sort of philosophy of that's the Kevin Keegan philosophy, isn't it? The entertainers, we're going to score more than you. 
It certainly is. I think Oldland have been playing with that philosophy since the start of the season because um, they've certainly banged a few goals in and, and, and have conceded as well, but um, have been on the right side of it more often than not. So uh, fair play to them. But fortunately for us on Saturday, we managed to to, um, to turn that around. And, um, you know, it, it was a good game. We, we, we played very well. We totally um, probably deserved to go in at half time, 3 1 up. And Oldland, Oldland certainly reacted in the second half and it was a much more. Uh, much more even contest and when they got by the 3-2 you know it's it's uh it could have been back to the wall time and and the way the results have been going for us you know a month ago it would have been and we, we probably would have folded but um the boys are showing great character and we, we've got a few lads back in as well which we, we've got a little bit more depth and, and it's starting to tell um we we got the fourth goal then to go four two up and and you know we, we went on from there albeit Oldland scored late on to to possibly um you know, flutter the nerves a little bit. But, um, yeah, we held out well, to be fair. Well, that was a fantastic result and an eye-catching one. Uh, we, we've Obviously, that result came in October, but it's not been a great... Uh, it hadn't been a great September for you. It, it is actually proving to be a better October. So what's the difference? We, we had an indifferent start... Um, at the start of the season as well, we had a good win to, to, to kick us off and then some really indifferent performances, um, some that... Uh, you know, we, we totally deserve to be on the end of, of, of a few defeats. And we started, we, we thought we were starting to turn, the, turn that around towards the end of August. And then, unfortunate to lose at Bishop Sutton. Um, and then the first game of September was at home to Radstock. We were a very comfortable first half. We, we went in one and up at half time and, and possibly could have went in, you know, a, a few more ahead. We both had a, sent, a player sent off on a stroke half time. So we both went down to 10 men. And credit to Radstock, they, they they certainly handled that a lot better than we did. And I, I, I would say probably the worst 45 minutes of football that we've played in, in my tenure in the second half against Radstock. And although we lost 2-1, it wouldn't be a, it would have been a fair reflection if, if Radstock had to come away with a 5 or 6-1 win. So, so bad was the performance in the second half. And we really had to address that um, and have a look at how, how things went wrong or, or, or so badly wrong. It's player selection has been difficult right from the start of the season and availability and and, and COVID has has had a, a big part to play in that um, as well as an injury list which was which was has been absolutely horrific for us and then the Bocco game we went there we I think we we started with six or seven teenagers and who, who did, they did brilliantly that day and we ended up losing one nil. Um, off a, a penalty late on for, for Bocco, which the keeper actually managed to save, but it felt kindly for him to, to poke in, and, and we lost by the odd goal. So the, the boys did brilliantly that day, especially the young lads that have come through, and, and they've not let anybody down at all. But playing so many um, so soon in their in their career at this level, um, it, it has been difficult. It has been difficult. And then we followed that up with, a, with another bad performance with the telephones um, who, who come down. And you, you can't do that against a side like telephones. They've got some big, strong, seasoned players at this level and, and well worthy of their victory. They did a right job on us. And then things did start to turn around at the Welton game. We went there. We, I went up there to change formation. I thought if we play like we have been playing with the formation we've been setting out and then Welton would possibly murder us. Um, and we went there with a, with, a, with a different formation. I went there with a more of a physical side. We did have a few players back, which, which, which was the start of our turnaround, really. They were there with a defeat. We lost 1-0, but um, it, it certainly was was a tough one to take. Um, so, yeah, September was a terrible month for us in terms of results. But, 
you started to see um, a difference in the lads. Um, and then what we did as a, as a team of management, we got together and, you, you know, you can start to doubt about what you're trying to do um, with, with formation, with, with how we're doing it with, with certain players or whatever else. But, you know, we've, we've got a, a good management team here. Uh, um, and we, we had a sit-down, we've talked about it, and we, we knew we're, what we're doing is the right thing. Um, and we just got to stick with it and, and get the boys to, to really get some confidence back. We took a step away from football, funnily enough, on one of our training nights. And uh, you could see that the boys were, were, were lacking in confidence. The, the enjoyment had probably gone out of it a little bit. And when you strip everything back... You've got to come to football, and you've got to want to play, and you've got to want to enjoy it, and and that's what we're about as well. And so we had a night off from from football altogether. We had a we put on some food for the boys. We had a free bar, and we did a few um, few initiations, as in singing initiations, nothing silly, and just to galvanise the lads together, have a bit of a laugh. And um, they haven't looked back since, funnily enough. Um, I think that bringing the players together a little bit more gives them that ownership and that want to, to do something for each other. And it was the start of the turnaround. I mean, the, the, the football was, was getting much better. We were starting to compete again. Um, but yeah, we, we, we haven't looked back really since, since, uh, since the start of October. So long may it continue, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds like a, a tale of two seasons in a way. I mean, you're 15th in the league at the moment. It could certainly be worse. So I get the impression from what you've said that you're looking up rather than down. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, we had aspirations this season to, to be up there, certainly in the top six. Um, and the way the season started, that just hasn't happened for us. And we knew it was going to be a tough start with, with losing a few players and um, with, with, with the injury list, like I, I mentioned previously. But... Um, we played an end-of-season tournament um, at Portishead around May time, and I was looking at the squad then. And I was thinking, we've got a good squad here. We've got we've got some strong players. As it happens at this level, you know, some it can, that can turn around overnight, which it did. I mean, Kai uh, Mangford, who, who you know, um, been been a bitter now. Um, Kai played for us last year and was 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 a very instrumental player for us to have that experience in the midfield. But Kai snapped his Achilles, unfortunately. And Kai had to had to weigh up whether or not, you know, is he going to come back from that playing wise and everything else. And then the opportunity a bit arose for him. So we lost Kai that way, but Kai wasn't going to play anyway with his Achilles. And we lost another centre midfielder who who went to Mangersfield. And that was that was a big loss for us. We've got the other um uh, centre half, George Parsons, he's not kicked the ball for us yet this season. He's out long term and hopefully maybe back within with a month, six weeks from now. We've got a lot of big players missing, um, which taken a while for, for some of them to settle. Um, but no, we're certainly looking up now. Um, it's the only thing you can do. There's no point in looking behind. The results, they'll take care of themselves. And, and, and if we're not good enough, then then we'll slip back down the table. And we know that. But um, looking, looking forward, looking forward, uh, Ian. Well, you've got odd down up next, and a win on Saturday would see you do the double over them this season. It certainly will, yeah. Odd down are a strong side. Um, they've put together a couple of decent runs, and then they've had a few indifferent runs themselves, and, and, and such is the, the competitiveness of this league as well, I think. Um, so we're certainly not going to go there. We're, well, we're certainly not going to go there as the favourites, I wouldn't have thought, despite beating them earlier on in the season. Um, they played us on probably one of our good days um, and you know we, we may have played them on one of their bad days 
but uh, it'll be a tough game. It, it, it could go either way, but we're, we're going there in a better place than what we were um, a month ago. So I'm hoping that we, we can go there and, and replicate what we did earlier on in the season. Well, you've played a number of the top teams in the division. You, you've talked about them. Um, Welton, uh, Old London, Bocco. I mean, when you look back over the games you've played, which sides have impressed you the most? It's a good one. Um, uh, it's a good one. Uh, Radstock second half, I thought they were brilliant. I thought they were absolutely excellent because um, as good as we were first half, they were as poor and not the sort type of side that you, you would... Um, you would expect from Radstock, but um, the second half, I mean, they, they could have, they could have went home with a hat for that day. Um, second half, and it was it was uh, it was ten versus ten in the second half. So they they did impress me, to be fair. Although um, as good as they were, I mean, we we were shocking second half. Um, Welton, obviously, I mean, their results are, their results are showing that they're they're so consistent. They're a good side. I mean, we went there that day and we were excellent. And we lost the game, so I think that's thing as well that you need to know about Welton. Really, that they're going to take some beating. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm, I, I looked at the table. I don't think they've conceded a goal at home yet, which is, uh, you know, this level is 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 fantastic. They're going to take some catching. They're going to take some catching at the top. To be fair, um, and Bocco, Bocco, a breath of fresh air, um, a new team into this division. The setup up there, I'd never even been to Bocco before. Um, it was important um, with their setup, with their with their welcome, with with how they were, how they um, how they welcomed everybody with their hospitality and our chairman and everything else. I think they got it all spot on, first class. So, um, despite not getting the result there that day, it was uh, it, it was a nice um, it was a nice ground to go to and and look forward to welcoming them down to our place and hopefully sending them home with a defeat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, just before we let you go, Eamon, um, you mentioned Nathan Truman um, earlier in the interview. And during lockdown, of course, we spoke to Nathan because um, not only is he one of your players, but uh, he was aiming to raise £50,000 following his diagnosis with a synovial sarcoma in December last year. So can I ask you, how is Nathan getting on now? We had, I had news yesterday or last night um, that Nathan had his final test back um, yesterday and has been given the all clear. So um, we're absolutely beyond delighted to uh, to hear that. Um, Nathan's been down at quite a lot of the games, so we see him quite often. He's always down around the club and stuff when he when he's when he's uh, when he's about. Um, and he's, he's he's such a great lad, and he'll be back playing um, at some point. Um, but he'll be doing it in his own time. He's uh, he's been through so much, and his body. His body has been through, you know, untold, uh, untold sort of uh, traumas. So Nathan's got all the time he wants to to get himself back to fitness and and to do what he wants to do, and we'll be here for him when he does. Um, but it's just fantastic news that he's he's come through this. I mean, ten months after, you know, getting the original diagnosis, which which you know absolutely rocked his world and 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 his families and everybody else's that know that knew him or know him. So. Um, yeah, yeah, we're just uh, delighted for that. Um, there is a black tie event um, coming just after Christmas that's been organised as well to, to continue the fundraising for for the charities. Um, the, the, the dates aren't um, aren't out yet, but um, that's currently um, being being sorted at the moment. Um, and we're just, I believe, very just just short of the fifty thousand. I think it's at the forty nine thousand mark now. So. 
yeah, so we're doing well, the people, you know, um, given to this charity and everyone fundraising has, has done a fantastic job. Well, it's at the moment, I'm looking at the totaliser now and it's £49,309 and I know that the total of £50,000, that was an extended total, wasn't it? Because I think originally what Nathan wanted to raise was, was met relatively quickly and actually wanted to sort of see if he could go the extra mile. It, it looks like he's managed that and it looks like with your with the dinner that you mentioned um, earlier that actually he could well exceed that 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 target. So that really is an, an incredible credit, not just to Nathan, but of course all the people who are behind him as well. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And my thanks to Eamon for his time. And and finally, before we wrap up our roundup in the first division, um, we'll finish off with um, well, league leaders, Welton Rovers. The visitors were AEK Bocco, a monster attendance of 202 were at West Clues for this game. And, well, the Green Army just keep marching on, don't they, Tom? Mm-hmm. The rich get richer. Um, yeah, uh, a new signing and instant impact. Toby Cole, uh, he's uh, been been amongst the, the leading marksmen over the last couple of years. He scored quite a few for Wincanton, didn't he, I think? So, uh, yeah, they've got him in. And uh, on the on the week that he signed, uh, he opened the scoring and he also... Uh, finished scoring. I don't know if that's, that makes sense, but he, he scored both of their goals uh, in, in either half of this one. So two 0 win for Welton uh, home to Bocco, and uh, yeah, they continue to to romp away the, uh, the the first division title as things stand. Sadly, I've missed the deadline for the headline in the Midsummer Norton and Radstock District Journal. But if I was uh, if I was able to um, uh, to offer a headline, I think we'd have to go with Old King Cole. What do you think of that? I'd, I'd say that. that, that you that think that's a good one? Good that sounds good to me, yeah. Good. Excellent. Right then. We will move on to the fixtures that are coming up on Saturday the 16th of October and we will start in the Premier Division, Tom. Which fixture has caught your eye? I've jumped on the Shepton Mallet Saltash uh, again this week. So Saltash, uh, obviously big win for them uh, at the bit and on the weekend and Shepton Mallet back in the, uh, the victor circle as well. And it's 57th, so I think it's, yeah... Something's got to give, hasn't it? So it should be a, a decent tussle, I think. Well, I am also going to stick with teams, two teams at the uh, at the at the top end of the table. Bitten against Helston Athletic. Helston, of course, have got one hell of a journey to get to. Bitten. Bitten are the you know the proverbial wounded animal after that um, defeat at Saltash. I will expect a reaction. I do expect them to come back uh, strong. But Helston Athletic, as I saw from the highlights package I mentioned earlier. Uh, well, actually, I've watched all of their highlights packages this season because I think they're fantastic. They look like a really good side. I really hope that I get a chance to go and watch them live um, this season because, um, you know, I think they're they're a really entertaining outfit. I think that's going to be an absolutely cracking game. So I, I that's where that's where my interest will be in the Premier Division on Saturday. And if we take a look at the fixtures in the First Division, Tom, where have you gone there? Gone for Wells City against Warminster. Uh, Wells unbeaten since August. Um, so they're going pretty pretty well, despite the maybe, yeah, not in uh, a lofty league position, so to speak. But uh, Warminster are up in third, so uh, yeah, should be should be a good game, I think, down there on, on Saturday. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there, Tom. I think that's a, that's an absolutely top pick. Um, yes. I'm going to choose um, the, a Bristol derby between AEK Bocco, the incredibly well-supported AEK Bocco, I should add, uh, and Lebec United, um, two relatively newcomers to the Tall Station Western League and two sides that have obviously proved this season that on their day they are very difficult to beat. So I expect this to be a competitive 
affair. So, um, yes, if you're in the Bristol area, that's probably one to watch this weekend. Now, before we um, sign off for another week, Tom, um, we did the league tables um, last week. We talked an awful lot about the goal scorers on this week's podcast. Can you run us through the, uh, the top shots, please? Yeah, absolutely. I think I will give you the top three in each division. So in uh, in the first, uh, in the Prem, let's start with the Prem. We've got Dean Griffiths of uh, Bitten. He's on 18 league goals. So he's, uh, yeah, broad in the roost at the moment. Uh, ahead of Jack Taylor, who's really hit his uh, purple patch like he does most seasons. Uh, he's on 12 as, as things stand in the league. Uh, and Sam Hughes of Saltash has got 11. Uh, and then down in the first division, we've got Oakland Bucks still just about uh, leading the way. Uh, Bishop Sutton's finest. He's on 14. Uh, Tiverington's Bailey Croom, obviously a hatch against uh, your boys on Saturday. He got he's up to 13, uh, and Luke Bryan of uh, Dan, he's got 11 league goals so far this year. So those are the uh, the leading marksmen as, as things stand. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Tom, thank you very much for your time, and thank you very much for your work on the bulletin. Just in case there is anybody out there who uh, hasn't um, already had a look at it, where can they find it? It's on the uh, yeah on the Tool Station League website. It's about halfway down, uh, and if you yeah click on the link, it'll take you to the most recent um, yeah uh, uh, document. And of course the sign up site as well. So that's a, yeah, um, I think that's been updated on the, on the website. So check that out. Yeah. Yeah, you can have it delivered to your inbox every mm. uh, every time um, Tom publishes it. Um, Tom, thank you again um, for your time, and I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station. Western League podcast.